This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art. Benjamin Grovner, it is a joy to speak with you once again, and we're really looking forward to your return to Pittsburgh, but I have a favor to ask you right off the top, if you wouldn't mind. It's our 50th anniversary. QED has been 24 hours non-commercial classical radio since 1973, and I wondered if you'd wish us a happy 50th anniversary by saying, hi, I'm Benjamin Grovner, and I would like to wish WQED-FM a happy 50th anniversary. Hi, I'm Benjamin Grovener, and I'd like to wish WQED-FM a very happy 50th anniversary. Beautiful. We'll be able to play more Clara Schumann and Robert Schumann and Brahms, too. You have a <laughs> recording. You are listening to The Voice of the Arts, WQED-FM. I'm Jim Cunningham. Benjamin Grovener is here. He has a new CD out on DECA with Chrysleriana by Robert Schumann. Romances, the Blumenstück, the Grand Sonata, the Abend Lied, and Clara Schumann, the variations on a theme by Robert Schumann, and some Brahms, too, from the Intermezzo. What a great program you've put together, Benjamin. What was your thinking in putting these pieces all in an hour and 20 minutes? So it started with the Chrysleriana, which is a piece that I've been playing um, in recitals, and uh, I wanted to record. And it's a piece that's just teeming with um, different emotional states. I mean, it it doesn't stay in one place for very long. It's uh, it's, it's it can be fiery, energetic, intimate, um, and it's music by a young man. And I wanted something alongside that that was more static and atmospheric in its emotional content. And then I, I thought of late Brahms and specifically Opus 117, uh, which is music by by an old Brahms. Um, he called it he called them lullabies for his sorrows. Uh, it's music that's quite grieving and and like like a kind of monologue um, to himself or, or perhaps to Clara. Um, and uh so I want with those contrasting works um, at each end of the album, I then thought, well, let's find ways to join them together. And uh, and um, I think the next idea that occurred to me was um, having these two sets of variations. Now, the, the movement from the third sonata by Robert Schumann that I include is a set of variations in a work by Clara on a theme by Clara and um, and then we have her variations on a theme by Robert and they were both published in the same year which happened to be the year that Brahms walked into their life so uh, I think I like the significance of all of that this kind of conversation between the two of them and at the same time that Brahms was to enter on the scene um, and then there's other little works as well which have significance for various reasons the Romance Opus 28 number two was Clara's what was I think Clara's favourite work of Robert Schumann's. She, she asked it to be played on her deathbed. I think it was pretty much the last piece of music that she heard. Um, it was the first um, music to be dedicated to her officially after they were married. You know, there was this whole um, considerable drama with, with Clara's father who didn't want them to wed. And um, when they eventually did, um, she said, uh, as your bride, you must dedicate something to me, and I can think of nothing so tender um, and lovely as the as your three romances, and, and particularly the the second one, which is this um, tender love duet. Um, the, the, the the tune is um, is um, is unfurled 
between the two thumbs of each hand. So it, it, it's like a, it's a duet in thirds, and um, and she loved the piece. It was dear to her until the very end of her life. So um, that uh, it seemed like a significant thing to put on the album. It's fantastic, and it's so fun to think about the relationships between the three of them. In a way, it's very modern, isn't it? It's it's right out of the pages of a of a movie with uh, Clara being the love of Brahms' life, really, and and the modern problems of uh, Schumann with his self-doubt and his um, psychological problems. Wow, there's a lot going on here uh, in, for the head. Yeah, and they're so interconnected that, I mean, there are so many ways to put together an album like this, I suppose, in a way, because, they're you know, uh, but Clara's, you know, but, you know, connecting these two extraordinary men, there was an extraordinary woman who was one of the, you know, foremost virtuosos of her age. She had this amazing 61-year um, performing career um, and, um, you know, was a fine composer in her own right. And, um, and, you know, an, an inspiration and a mentor for them both in a way. Uh, and so, you know, she's there, she's there, with with uh, with young young Schumann as he's writing Kreisrian, and she's still there with Brahms at the end of his life, writing these intermezzi, which and you know he, which she was the first person to hear them, the first person he sent them to. Um, so, yeah, it's it it's um, yeah, a story about three extraordinary figures whose lives were whose lives were so interlinked. And of course classical music radio around the world is trying to put the spotlight more often on women composers who've been out of the picture. The concert world's doing the same. H have you looked into Clara's catalog to see if there's anything else of interest you'd like to play? Yeah, so there's, a, there's my stuff. I, I play often um, the, the romances for violin and piano, which I think are, are beautiful. I mean, the piano concerto... Um, that Beatrice Rana just recorded, for example, that that I mean, that's a that's a beautiful work. Uh, piano trio, um, but perhaps one of her um, masterpieces as well. And then there's a lot of interesting short um, piano works. Um, there's a there's a nocturne, nocturno that she wrote that Schumann was particularly fond of. He I think sort of alludes to in one of the movements of Kreisriana. Um, so that yeah, I mean, but she didn't think that women should be composers, and um, uh, you know, at some point she, um, she stopped composing, and uh, um, but she was certainly gifted, and you see that in this um, in this set of variations that she wrote. Actually, I I I, I think it's a marvelous work, which is quite unknown, and um, maybe it's overshadowed by the variations that Brahms wrote on the same theme a year later. But um, it shows her understanding of the instrument and her extraordinary gifts at the instrument and in the way that she um, uses texture uh, to vary the material and also but also her harmonic ingenuity. You know, although she was more maybe more conservative in Brahms than her harmonic language, um, there there is um, there are amazing subtleties in the way that she very varies things and in the counter lines that she adds which create moments of great beauty and magic tell me about your arrangement of the abbot lee the evening song by robert schumann how did you go about doing the arrangement i there's not much to it to be honest it's it's a work for four hands um 
and I'm, I'm, yeah, re reconstructed it for two hands. But to be honest, you can almost play the whole thing as it's written. Uh, you just have to change a few chords here and there to make it practical. Um, so, but I, I just think it's an incredibly beautiful work. I, I played it often in arrangement by Leopold Auer for violin and piano um as an encore and, and end of a duo program and um it's uh it's really beautiful it's a it's kind of like a prayer it's uh it's very it's kind of spiritual and um lyrical and with a very uh, atmosphere that's very moving well it's wonderful the way it turned out congratulations you know benjamin we're really looking forward to having you back in pittsburgh next may you're going to play list at last were uh, delayed because of the pandemic if i remember correctly yeah. it was supposed to be here it couldn't make it nobody was giving any any concerts so list that'll be fun yeah i'm looking forward to that i mean it was a show it's in pittsburgh and we had this um man off concert but sadly someone in the orchestra had covid and it wasn't possible to do it but i enjoyed playing some chamber music last time very last minute I mean, that was fun actually we decided that one o'clock that we were going to play Brahms Quintet at eight o'clock and uh, quickly got it back in my fingers and, and we did it. And it was nice to um, play, to be able to play some music for the audience and not just to leave Pittsburgh without having given a performance. But um, I'm really looking forward to coming back and playing with the orchestra this time. Uh, and we'll list one, which is a fun piece to do. It's, uh, um, if, you know, it's inspired writing uh, with beautiful slow movement and much virtuosity on either side. Well, we're very much looking forward to it. It'll be here before you know it, but you've got a few miles in between. You're going to play a lot of uh, American concerts uh, this this season. And are you doing the proms again this summer? Oh, I can't say that because it hasn't been announced yet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, wherever you uh, perform, it's always an event. It's it's wonderful that you're so active right now and that everybody's coming out to, to hear concerts once more. You know, when you were in Pittsburgh last time, I don't remember if I asked you about where you fit in the Grosvenor family. This is one of the most famous English names <laughs> in London, going back to the 15th century in Grosvenor Square. Where Where is your family in the in the Grosvenor dynasty? Well, I, maybe we're an illegitimate branch of it. I don't know. We have no real connection to the Duke of Westminster and, and his family. Um, I mean, my my grandparents grew up in the in Bethnal Green in the East End of London, um, and uh, <laughs> it was a, which is quite an, the the other end of the spectrum from um, from the royal family and and and, and such. So, um, yeah, sadly, no connection to the Duke of Westminster as, as far as I know. Well, it must be fun for you to spend a little bit of time in Grosvenor Square. It is the same name. Well, it, I like I like I enjoy having the name because the thing about it is that not many people have the name, so you rarely meet very many Groveners in your life. So it has an element of rarity to it, and yet it is famous because it's all over London. So um, it's it's I, I I enjoyed the name, but no connection to the Duke of Westminster. Are you in the states now, or are you at home in England? I'm in the States. I'm currently in an airport hotel in Phoenix, Arizona, having missed the connection last night due to a jet bridge failure. So <laughs> it's a, a glamorous time. Oh, that's great. Well, I don't want to keep you. I appreciate your giving us a, a few minutes on the new CD. What, what are we up to now? Seven CDs for DECA? It's really quite a beautiful catalog you put together. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, it's been a nice 
um, relationship that's been going for many years. And, you know, I'm always trying to uh, deliver something new with the recording in terms of repertoire areas. And I hadn't recorded any Schumann or Brahms before. So that's a new venture in my discography. Um, and, you know, I look forward to hopefully many more years to come. Radio will enjoy them. We'll get them out there and spread them around. Uh, our uh, audience loves hearing them, that's for sure. When you came to Pittsburgh, did you have a chance to do anything while you were here at that crazy visit? Uh, and, and maybe on your debut, did you get to a museum or walk around a little bit? I don't know if you have an impression of Pittsburgh yet. Oh, I I, I walked around the city a little. I mean, there's, there's not often so much time to go and explore museums and, and so on, but I, I walked around the city. I, I, I really like Pittsburgh very, very much, and, and, and the people are so um, warm and generous, and uh, I always look forward to coming back. Benjamin Grovner, I wish you all the best. Have a wonderful day, and we can't wait to hear your list. But in the meantime, we've got Schumann and Brahms and Clara Schumann. Bravo. Great job. Thank you. Thanks very much. This Voice of the Arts podcast is made possible thanks to the Carnegie Museum of Art.